Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. What the hell are these hearings all about other than trying to destroy the president? I mean, uh, when you were... Uh, I mean, this is like a bad NPR PBS show, isn't it? This, this, These hearings? And they go on. Oh, my God. You learn absolutely nothing. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vimmon. Yes. Uh, I I have a question for Vimman about who he spoke to. I know you may not ask that question. You might reveal the whistleblower. But Vimman doesn't know who the whistleblower is. I don't care, Madam Schiff. You, you must not ask that question. We'll protect the whistleblower at all costs in order to protect the statute and his anonymity, of course. But the statute doesn't cover this guy. He's not a whistleblower, actually. And he doesn't get anonymity. Well, it doesn't matter. People don't understand. Our base could care less. We don't care. So don't ask any questions that might actually lead to answers. Don't ask any questions that are not condemnatory of the President of the United States. That's right. I said condemnatory. In fact, the best way to do this, why don't you submit your questions and we'll pre-screen them. So let me cut to the chase here. I know I'm not a news analyst on cable TV. But I still have a noggin, so let's, let's work our way through this in about uh, three minutes. President of the United States wants to change policy really across the board in terms of foreign aid. Ukraine's number comes up as the number of other countries and international organizations come up, whether it's the UN or NATO or whatever it is. And the President of the United States actually reads, apparently unlike the Democrats, Apparently, unlike people at the State Department, he reads this Politico piece from January 2017 that says, written by two liberal lunatics, by the way, and says that Ukraine tried to sabotage the Trump campaign. has all kinds of details. But it's a conspiracy theory, they say. Why? It's a fact. Democrats don't want to investigate that. Democrats don't want to know. But the President of the United States wants to know. And so there's a criminal investigation going on by the executive branch into how all this started. In 2016, perhaps earlier, involving Russia, Ukraine, the DNC, Hillary Clinton, top levels of the intelligence agencies, the FBI, the FISA court, State Department, and on and on. So the President makes clear, number one, I don't necessarily want to give $400 million in American taxpayer dollars to Ukraine. We've given hundreds of millions of dollars to them since I've been president in 2017, 2018, 2019. I want to take a look at this. They've got a new president. I don't know anything about this new president. And besides, Barack Obama didn't give them one penny in offensive military aid. Not one cent. So what's the problem? 
I'll tell you the problem as I listen to this monotony. There's a cabal of bureaucrats, State Department, the NSC, the CIA, that are used to getting their way. And they work very closely with Democrats on Capitol Hill, including Adam Schiff and his staff. You had Obama holdovers um, laced throughout the Trump administration, including the White House, especially the NSC. And you may recall earlier on, the president was having great difficulty getting security clearances for his people. Remember that, Mr. Producer? They were obstructing his people with these extended security clearances, raising objections over nonsense in order to ensure that the Obama holdovers would stay at the NSC and other parts of the executive branch. So the president really didn't have his people. He didn't have them in the bureaucracy. He says, hey, Rudy, Rudy, find out what the hell happened with this Ukraine, will you? Oh, he's using an irregular channel. And for the four billionth time, It is a factual impossibility for the President of the United States to use an irregular channel, since he is the channel. Not only that, we've listened to this testimony. Yovanovitch, we're told, is the most fabulous individual to ever serve as an ambassador. No, she's not. She disgusted me. She was a fraud. 33 years of experience. 33 years of experience as a as an individual who's giving congressional testimony, who knows how to turn on and off the emotions, a spectacle. And by God, you better not criticize her and you better not question her. No, 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 no. William Taylor, been around 412 years. Better not question William Taylor. He's a Democrat witness. No, 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 don't question William Taylor. No. This guy, Kent, His family goes way back in the bureaucracy. Oh, he's the bureaucrat's bureaucrat. He thinks Taylor's great. Taylor thinks Yovanovitch is great. Yovanovitch thinks Kent's great. They all think Vindman's great. So they all expose themselves as part of a cabal. I don't care if they're wearing a military uniform or a suit or a dress. And in which order and who's wearing what? A cabal is a cabal. And this is a cabal. They didn't agree with the president's policy. Some of them were hostile to the president from day one. There's a lot of information out there about Vindman, how he was trashing Donald Trump, how he used to praise Obama, and I mean to Russian and Ukrainian soldiers overseas, that he was very thin-skinned, that he was a leaker, that he was a gossip. Now, how do we know part of this, at least? Because his former boss, Tim Morrison, said so. First, Morrison's lawyer tried to prevent him from saying so, But the question's persistent, and he answered. Clearly, Morrison didn't trust Vindman. And then Vindman admits that the call was quite accurate. A word here and there wasn't included that he would have liked to have included. Okay, but this is a committee decision of various bureaucrats from throughout the the various agencies. He's a lieutenant colonel. He's not the general. But even his changes were of no consequence whatsoever. And he even said, didn't he, Mr. Producer, that he kind of, well, played with it a little bit, as you'll hear. New York Times last week, as you might guess, went out and viciously attacked the retired lieutenant colonel who knows this lieutenant colonel and doesn't have a damn nice thing to say about him. So the New York Times went out 
and tried to destroy his reputation. Because the Holocaust-denying New York Times, all the news that's fit to uh, put in a birdcage. And then we get this Vindman today. And the Democrats come to his defense. How dare you ask him why he's wearing his uniform? Well, I was curious why he was wearing his uniform. They say every day he goes to work, he's not wearing his uniform. So why did he choose to wear it? It's clear why he chose to wear it. So be it. But that's not a defense shield. People still get to ask questions. Then the Democrats, and you're questioning his integrity. No, they're questioning events. Were the Democrats worried about questioning the integrity of those three men who the President of the United States just gave pardons to? Those three men who were wrongly adjudicated? Did the Democrats raise a single voice out of concern for them, men in uniform who'd served this country, seen combat, killed the enemy in defense of our country? Not a whiff. Any concern, as I've said before, for retired Lieutenant Colonel, excuse me, Lieutenant General Mike Flynn and his set-up charge on a process crime of, oh, a false statement? You imagine if congressmen were under oath making false statements, there wouldn't be enough prison space for these clowns. They'd all have consecutive life sentences. But they don't care about Mike Flynn. There's a guy who wore a uniform, served his country heroically, not admirably, heroically. Well, we don't care about him, you know, his uniform, whatever. You know, he's not one of us. And, and, but Vindman, oh my goodness. And what was interesting also in part is Vindman had talked to at least one person about what he heard in that phone call. So if you're even a half-wit or a full-nitwit, you say, wait a minute. I need to ask this guy, Vindman, if he was one or, or the main source for the so-called whistleblower. Right, Mr. Producer? Did he leak classified information to this Trump-hating former NSC Brennan Biden Democrat who went to Adam Schiff's staff and saw his former buddies from the NSC and colluded with them. Wouldn't an obvious question be, to whom did you leak, if anybody, Mr. Vindman, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman? They were prevented from asking that question. And the media go on and on like it's no big deal. I don't know. I thought the big issue today was blah, 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 blah. Is it the big issue today that Adam Schiff continues to obstruct Congress himself? Is it the big issue today that Adam Schiff hides the so-called whistleblower in order to protect himself and the Democrat Party? Hides and protects Vindman from exposing this cabal? Aren't these the big stories? Yes, they are the big stories. But a hell of a lot more when I return. Mark Lovin. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. 
I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arne, the president of Hillsdale College. It's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat, so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. Here's one question that hasn't been asked of these folks. Tell me, Ambassador uh, Jibber Jabber and Jabber Jibber and uh, Envoy Jibber Jabber, and tell me, why didn't President Barack Obama provide offensive military weapons to Ukraine when the Russians invaded Ukraine on his watch? Not, we know that he did. Why didn't Obama do it? Why did not one of you envoys, ambassadors, NSC officials in any position you held prior to or even now raise objections? Why didn't you raise objections? I mean, the sickening irony is that the president of the United States who's actually given them this weaponry is trying to, they're trying to impeach him by tangling it up in their own imaginations. Adam Schiff at the hearing today Interrupting Devin Nunes, among others. Cut one, go. Lieutenant Colonel Benman, did you discuss the July 25th phone call with anyone outside the White House on July 25th or the 26th? And if so, with whom? Yes, I did. Uh, my core function is to coordinate U.S. government policy, interagency policy. And I spoke to two individuals with regards to um, providing a some, some sort of readout of the call. Two individuals that were not in the White House. Not in the White House. Cleared U.S. government officials with, a, with a appropriate need to know. And what agencies uh, were these officials with? Department of State. Um, Department of State uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary George Kent, who is responsible for the, uh, the, the portfolio uh, Eastern Europe, including Ukraine. And a individual from the Office of... Uh, uh, an individual in the intelli- intelligence community. Oh, no. Oh, oh, oh. That's interesting. An individual in the <laughs> intelligence committee, Mr. Producer. Could it be Eric? What the hell's the guy's name? Shimarala? Well, everyone knows what I mean. Could it be? Well, let's listen. Go ahead. Uh, what, uh, as you know, the intelligence community has 17 different agencies. Uh, what agency was this individual from? If I could interject here. Ah, getting a little too hot, isn't it? Getting a little too close to the stove there, isn't he? And it keeps something in mind. Adam Schiff doesn't know who the whistleblower is as he lies through his seven teeth. It's his claim. So why is he interjecting? Theoretically, he doesn't know what's going on. Doesn't he want to hear Go ahead. 
to use these it's proceedings. Our, it's our time, I know, Mr. Chair. But we need to protect the whistleblower. Um, if, please stop. Now let's stop for a minute. So Adam Schiff believes that Nunes is asking this guy, who he spoke to in these various intelligence agencies, as he's trying to focus in on which intelligence agency this guy comes from, Schiff interjects and says, we need to protect the whistleblower. We all know who the whistleblower is, all of us. And I've mentioned his name repeatedly. And if I'm wrong, I want him to come forward so I can apologize to him. I want his lawyers to come forward so I can apologize to them. But they're all in this massive witness protection program right now. They don't talk anymore. This is a scheme, I believe, that was hatched by Schiff and his staff. And the former NSCers on his staff. With this NSCer, CIA individual who filed this with the help of seasoned lawyers who hated Trump. And wanted a coup. That's what's going on here. That's what's going on here. Go ahead. I want to make sure that uh, there's no effort to out the whistleblower uh, through the use of these proceedings. Um, If the witness has a good faith belief that this may reveal the identity of the whistleblower, uh, that is not the purpose that we are here for. And I want to advise uh, the witness accordingly. Mr. Vindman... You testified in your deposition that you did not know Blower. Uh, rank member, it's uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vimmon, please. Uh, Le- Lieutenant oh, Colonel- come on, pal. This is why I know you're a jackass. Playing to the cameras. Right. And when they talk about President Trump, and they say Trump and Trump and Trump, it's President Trump. Go ahead. Vindman, you testified in the deposition, that you did not know who the whistleblower was? Or is. I do not know who the whistleblower is. That is so how is it possible for you to name these people and then out the whistleblower? Per the advice of my counsel, I've, I've been advised not to answer a question. Yes, of course you have. Of course you have. You wouldn't pass a lie detector test. That thing would be bouncing all over the place. And that's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a disgrace that you're wearing that uniform while you're deceptive. I'll call it deceptive. You know exactly who the whistleblower is. Schiff knows exactly who the whistleblower is. And they also know it's not a whistleblower under federal law. I don't know how much more the American people are going to tolerate this, this sham. This rogue operation. Come election day, they may not. I'll be right back. Liberty and learning. In a healthy democracy, these two things are mutually supportive. In America today, however, that bond is broken. To help repair the breach, Hillsdale College has launched the Van Andel Graduate School of Government in the nation's capital. And unlike other graduate programs, Hillsdale teaches politics as a human activity oriented toward justice. A series of choices guided in the best case by right principles, but made in ever-changing circumstances that require prudence to achieve the best attainable results. Hillsdale's curriculum combines the careful reading of primary sources and serious historical inquiry. Students learn how to apply the principles of free government and advance the cause of constitutionalism in the context of ever-changing circumstances. Hillsdale's new Van Andel School of Government is a program unlike any other in Washington, D.C., 
Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. I want to talk to you about an organization that's doing important work on college campuses across this great country. Only seven years. Charlie Kirk, he is, he is just terrific. And his team at Turning Point USA have created a conservative grassroots force organizing and training students at nearly 1,500 colleges and over 250,000 students. Part of the work includes getting students out to vote in the election and beyond. Now, folks, I love Turning Point because they're making a real difference. And with your support, they'll train up our own army of conservatives to take the fight to campus radicals everywhere. They're playing offense, not defense, and it's working. That's why I'm urging you to support Turning Point. They're winning, but they need your support to ensure conservative values are represented in every college campus in America. When you support them, your gift is matched thanks to the generosity of several donors. So please consider supporting Turning Point, who is working tirelessly on college campuses to preserve the belief in limited government, freedom, free markets, and the next generation of conservatives. Go to markforturningpoint.com, markforturningpoint.com, and give your support. It'll be doubled, doubled now through mid-December. That's markforturningpoint.com. Congressman Walker, just blew the lid off these hearings, ladies and gentlemen. And there's not a single journalist or legal analyst out there who will mention it. It's very simple to understand. Ambassador Volker is the first witness that has been called who's actually spoken to the President of the United States. Directly. Other witnesses have been hearsay witnesses. They've talked about their feelings, how upset they are that they they were ousted and on and on and on. Volker has actually Talk to the president. The second witness, Morrison, Tim Morrison, has actually talked to the president, again, about Ukraine. They were both asked directly, did the president ever discuss with you, I'm paraphrasing, a condition preceding to getting that military aid? That the Ukrainians must announce an investigation, whether it's 2016 or the Bidens? He said no. Did the president ever discuss with you? Ever discuss with you in your discussions, your direct discussions with him? That he was withholding aid from Ukraine for any reason other than he was concerned about corruption there? The answer was no. Did the President of the United States ever say to you that the Ukrainians you needed to announce that they were going to have an investigation as a condition for meeting with the President? No. And Congressman Walker pointed out, and you're the first witness, Ambassador Volker, and you're the second witness here, Mr. Morrison, who've actually talked to and met with the President 
about Ukraine. None of the prior witnesses did. None of them. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the truth is, in that 60-second discussion, it should have put this to sleep. That's it. In any format with integrity, whether it's criminal, civil, or yes, impeachment, that would put it to sleep. This is why you have a conga line of witnesses by the Democrats who are talking about their feelings and their gossip and what they heard and what they believe and their disagreements with the president's policy. It's all static. They're piling up static. That's what they're doing. And what's amazing here is the question that has not been asked. Why didn't Barack Obama provide offensive military weaponry to the Ukrainians when the Russians invaded them? They were invading them real time when Obama was president. There were no televised national hearings on that subject. They say Trump is soft on Russia. Trump has put in the harshest penalties on Russia in modern times. The Russians invade the Ukraine, they seize Crimea on Obama's watch, and Obama's later overheard telling Medvedev to tell Yabadaba, that is, Vladimir, you know, after the election, we'll, we'll have more flexibility. Time after time, ladies and gentlemen, the man who's the victim of these, these, these unconscionable efforts, the collusion is the president. And time after time it is twisted to make him the criminal or the abuser or whatever you want to call it. It is absolutely shocking. Now let's continue with the line of questioning we heard where Nunes was zeroing and drilling down on Vindman, excuse me, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. Why won't he be allowed to tell us who he spoke to about that phone call? And this is why I said early on that the criminal investigation that's going on now with Durham, the U.S. attorney from Connecticut, he should be interviewing Schiff, his staff, his so-called whistleblower, and now Vindman. Again, there's a cabal in the intelligence and foreign service and law enforcement at the highest level for a variety of reasons, ideological, personal, policy that have been working overtime to take out this president. And all these civil libertarians, I can count them on my hand, who are the good. Dershowitz has been fighting it. A couple others have been fighting it. All the rest of them have thrown in. It's um, incredible. I've never seen anything like this in my life, and neither of you. Well, let's continue where we left off. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. Members of the intelligence community, this is the, are you aware that this is the intelligence committee that's conducting an impeachment hearing? Of course I am. Wouldn't the appropriate place for you to come to to testify would be the Intelligence Committee about someone within the intelligence community? Ranking member, per the advice of my counsel and the instructions from the chairman, I've been advised not to provide any specifics on who I've spoken to with inside the intelligence community. What I can offer is... Now let's stop there. Why? Schiff says he doesn't know who the whistleblower is. So this guy shouldn't tell the American people, because this is really hearing for us. The American people, anyone he discussed the president of the United States phone call with in the intelligence community, 
the president already released the phone call. There's no classification there. The only person who can be hurt by this is Schiff, his staff, Vindman, and the whistleblower. That's why he won't let him answer. That's why. There's no other basis for this. None. And they hatched this scheme from day one. When the Mueller matter was blown out on July 24th, they hatched this on July 25th. The next day. The lawyers, Zaid and company, Schiff staffers, two of whom are former NSC staffers, are a buddy with number three, the phony whistleblower, also had been an NSC staffer, went back to the CIA. <coughs> he was reportedly kicked out because he was a leaker. Don't you want to know, ladies and gentlemen, if we have leakers on the NSC? Don't you want to know who they are? Here we have individuals exactly where they need to be under oath. Under penalty of perjury. We want to know about Vindman. The phony whistleblower. The former NSC staffers on shift staff. Isn't it interesting? Not allowed to know about the so-called whistleblower. Not allowed to know about shift staffers who are on the NSC. Not allowed to question Vindman the way he needs to be questioned. Pretty amazing. Not allowed to talk about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. It's amazing. The list gets longer and longer of individuals who cannot be pursued. Basic, logical, congressional questions. It's amazing. And there they are, the journalists. I don't know if it was a good day for the president, Brian. Oh, why do you say that, Chad? Well, you know, look at the fellow in the uniform. If you don't believe somebody like that sitting there at attention with with the colors on his chest then you must not have a heart. Well, thank you for that deep legal analysis. Go ahead. ...individuals, or was a properly cleared individual with a need to know. Well, this is, uh, I mean, you can really, you can plead the fifth, but you're here to answer questions, and you're here under subpoena. Uh, So you can either answer the question, or you can plead the fifth. Uh, Excuse me, uh... On behalf of my client, we are uh, following the rule of the committee, the rule of the chair, with regard to this issue. So there they are, the slip and fall lawyers, working with Schiff to cut off inquiries. You know, ladies and gentlemen, this is an impeachment inquiry. It's not an impeachment inquiry. Do you realize at no point in American history have we ever seen a tribunal like this? Let me put it in plain English so even former federal prosecutors can understand. We have never, ever seen a tribunal like this. That is not what's created in your Constitution. That is not, this is not the history behind the impeachment clause. Well, you know, in Federalist 65, basically, Alexander Hamilton says, it is what anybody says it is, impeachment. Really? Well, why don't you read the Constitution? Because that's not what it says. And Hamilton's referring to what the Constitution says. Hamilton's talking about motivation. That they can be motivated by bad things. They could be a mob. It could be a majority. Whatever the House wants. He wasn't justifying it. The whole reason the impeachment process is set up the way it's set up is to prevent this sort of thing when it moves to the Senate. This is an absolute abuse of power. Absolute abuse of power. And yes, 
The House can abuse power. The legislature can abuse power. I uh, read Federalist 65. Read a few more. And better yet, read Madison's notes. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty, with more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Jim Jordan, superstar. Remember they tried to take Jim Jordan out about a year ago. Remember that? He had few friends. I was one of them for sure. I knew it was all BS. Look, they try and do it with all of us. Try to do it for me. It's okay. We'll fight back. I've got you. 20 million of you. Jim Jordan at the hearing today, he really pounds away on shift. Cut three, go. Colonel, it's, uh, it's interesting. We deposed a lot of people in the bunker in the basement of the Capitol <clears throat> over the last several weeks. But uh, of all those depositions, only three of the individuals we deposed were actually on the now somewhat famous July 25th phone call between President Trump and President Zelensky. There was you, the individual sitting beside you, Miss Williams. And then there, were, of course, was your boss, Mr. Morrison, who I just read from his, his deposition. When we asked Miss Williams who she spoke to, after the call about the call, she was willing to answer our questions, and chairmanship allowed her to answer our questions. When we asked Mr. Morrison who he spoke to after the call about the call, he was willing to answer our question, and Mr. Schiff allowed, chairmanship allowed him to answer our question. But when we ask you, you first told us three individuals at the NSC, your brother and the two lawyers. And then you said there was a group of other people you communicated with but you would only give us one individual in that group, Secretary Kent. And the chairman would only allow you to give us that name. When we ask you who else you communicated with, you would not tell us. So I want to know first, how many other people are in that group of people you communicated with outside the four individuals I just named? Yes, uh, Mr. Jordan, on uh, call readout, certainly after the first call, there were probably a half a dozen or more people that I re- uh, read out. Those are people with the, the proper clearance and the, the need to know. In this case, because of the sensitivity of the call and Mr. Eisenberg told me not to speak to anybody else, I only read out, outside of the NSC, two individuals. Two individuals. Das Kent and one other indi- uh, person. And you're not willing to tell us who that other individual is? Mr. I, Chairman, I, point I, of order. Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, point of order. Now look how the, the Democrats jump up like a bunch of jackals. This is a massive cover-up. A massive cover-up. 
And that ought to be what these shows are called on these news networks. The Democrat Party cover-up. Because that's exactly what's going on here. That's Sowell, who's decided to speak out of the other end of his body tonight. But just listen to them, Mr. Point of Order, Mr. Running to his defense. Please don't reveal who it is. This is a sleazy game, and the participants include our media. Go ahead. Uh, Mr. Chairman, uh, I would ask you to enforce the the rule with regard to the disclosure, with regard to the uh, intelligence office. Um, Thank you, Council. You know, as I indicated before, this committee will not be used to out the whistleblower. Um, That same... uh, How do they even know it's the whistleblower? That's the point. You see, they they have so many lies here, they can't even keep track of them. Go ahead. So I don't lose the time. You'll persist. Uh, You are recognized again, Mr. Jordan. Mr. Chairman, I don't see how this is outing the whistleblower. The, the witness has testified in his deposition that he doesn't know who the whistleblower is. You have said, even though no one believes you, you have said you don't know who the whistleblower is. So how is this outing the whistleblower to, to, to find out who this individual is? Hmm. Jordan, uh, this is your time for questioning. You can use it. Answer that like, question there, pencil neck, pea brain. Go ahead. Question should be addressed to the witness. I'd like to- and your question should not be addressed to trying to out the whistleblower. What a scam. What a fraud, folks. What a... It's unbelievable. And any serious news media would be all over this. All over this. You know, computer systems in cars are the new normal. From electronically controlled transmissions to torch screen displays to dozens of sensors. But all this advanced tech is expensive to fix, and if and when it breaks, you know, you're going to have to dole out a lot of money. That is, unless you have CarShield. That's why I have CarShield, too. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield has helped over one million customers. So drive with confidence knowing you'll get coverage from America's number one auto protection provider. Whether you have 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles on your vehicle, it's inevitable something will break. Get covered by CarShield today. Call 800-CAR-6000 and mention code LEVIN or visit carshield.com and use code LEVIN to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN or 800-CAR-6000, code LEVIN. A deductible may apply. Pretty, Pretty incredible, isn't it? And Jordan catches them every time. How much time do we have, Rich? When we come back, you're going to hear more. You're going to hear more. I do the highlights. We do the highlights here. So the two individuals who actually spoke to the president, and I, all the witnesses up to now, the Democrat, none of them actually directly were in meetings with the president, on phone calls with the president, or spoke to the president. The two witnesses today the end of the witness process, in fact, did. And here's the irony. They're actual witnesses. Yovanovitch isn't a witness to anything. Taylor, not a witness to anything. Kent, not a witness to anything. And by the way, I've been saying, Congressman, what have I been saying? Walker, it's, it's Mike Turner. And I'm going to play that after the top of the hour. Mike Turner hit it out of the box, hit it out of the stadium. He's been good, by the way, as far as I can see. I believe he's from Ohio, but it doesn't matter. 
been doing an exceptional job. So we have a ton more. Nobody's going to break this down for you like moi. So stick with us. Keep your chin up. Things are looking up. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, I want to discuss a quick footnote, then we will circle back. I'm, uh, there's this, what is this? This guy, somehow he gets all the TV ratings, Mr. Producer. A guy on Twitter. I don't know him, but I'm glad he's out there. Road MN, Road, Minnesota. And uh, today's Tuesday, obviously. So the rating come out for the weekend shows. And I must tell you, folks, you're quite remarkable. Life, Liberty, and Levin was number one again at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's new time. Number one on all news cable channels, period. All day long. Number one at 8 p.m. up against football. That's you. That's you. Unfreedom of the Press is the number one so-called political nonfiction book of the year. And here we are, the year's almost over. Because of you. Levin TV on the Blaze Network has been a massive success because of you. And of course, most of all, Radio, where our ratings are through the roof. When you look in New York, go down to big cities, L.A., and down the line. If the program directors are smart enough to run this program live, nothing can beat us. If they tape delay us and then preempt us, well, then they don't want to win. There's nothing I can do about that because people then shift over to the podcast. And the podcast is a monumental success. So I do this to pat you on the back, not me, because we go deep into a lot of these issues like impeachment. You know more about the history of impeachment than anybody on television that just say, you know, we need Federalist 65. Really? Is that all there is to this? Well, how did the impeachment clause come about? Where did this language come from? And darn it, if some legal analyst didn't go out there and say, look, uh, Gerald Ford said, as soon as you hear them quoting Gerald Ford, you know they don't know what they're talking about. Why? Because Gerald Ford didn't know what he was talking about. And one of the guests I hope to have soon on Life, Liberty, and Levin is a gentleman I've met in passing, but never had a discussion with that I can remember. And that's Alan Dershowitz. That'd be pretty fascinating, don't you think, Mr. Producer? And we will discuss history and the Constitution and impeachment. And so I believe he's lined up for Sunday after next. We'll see. We'll see. Uh... But I think that would be very, very interesting. 
You have not seen what I just told you about our Sunday show anywhere. Anywhere. If I was falling on my face, you'd see it everywhere. And the top 10 Sunday shows, nine are Fox shows. Nine. And the rerun of Life, Liberty, and Levin is number 11. Now, Mr. Readers, the rerun of Life, Liberty, and Levin beats every single CNN show on Sunday. Are you hearing me? The rerun of Life, if I'm reading, no, yeah, yeah, no, that's correct. Every single CNN show. And every single MSNBC show except one. The rerun. Again, that's you. So what does this tell me? Among other things, it tells me you want to see this kind of TV, these long-form interviews. You're not into this rapid-fire stuff where people are screaming at each other, talking over each other, you can't even hear what the hell they're saying. I'm not into it either, quite frankly. But it tells me something bigger than that. With unfreedom of the press, with these radio ratings in large metropolitan areas in particular. And this TV rating. That our people are engaged. They understand what's at stake. They know we're fighting for liberty. They're fighting for tyranny. It should give you some hope. You must be resolute. Because these people never give up. They lie through their teeth. Like they've been doing endlessly against the President of the United States. Now, I want you to hear... Within an hour ago, Representative Mike Turner questioning Ambassador Volker and NSC staffer, senior staffer, I would say, Tim Morrison. These are the two men who actually do have credentials. They met with the President of the United States, not just listening in a call or were told about a call. They actually met with the President of the United States and discussed Ukraine. They're real witnesses. The others are not witnesses. Even Vindman, he's not a witness to anything. You listen to the phone call. A lot of people listen to the phone call, apparently. Go ahead. A lot of people talking about their perceptions, their beliefs, their feelings even, what they heard and their understandings and their thoughts. Ambassador Taylor, Mr. Kent, Ambassador Yovanovitch, and Lieutenant Colonel Vindman all had conversations with each other and with other people and all had a whole bunch of hearsay. But I can assure you this boils down to just one thing. This is an impeachment inquiry concerning the President of the United States. So the only thing that matters besides all these people talking to each other and all their feelings and all of their their thoughts and understandings, it really only comes down to what did the President of the United States intend and what did he say and what did the Ukrainians understand or hear? Ambassador Volker, you're one of the first people that we've had in these open public testimony that's had conversations with both. So I get to ask you, You had a meeting with the President of the United States, and you believe that the policy issues that he raised concerning Ukraine were valid, correct? Yes. Did the President of the United States ever say to you that he was not going to allow aid for the United States to go to the Ukraine unless there were investigations into Burisma, the Bidens, or the 2016 elections? No, he did not. Did the Ukrainians ever tell you that they understood that they would not get a meeting with the President of the United States, a phone call with the President of the United States, military aid or foreign aid from the United States unless they undertook investigations of Burisma, 
the Bidens or the 2016 elections? No, they did not. You know, pretty much, Ambassador Volker, you just like took apart their entire case. Excuse me, Morrison was no different. Nothing happened, folks. Nothing happened. This is the greatest fraud ever unleashed on the American people. And it's not a single fraud. It is a pattern of consecutive conglomeration of frauds. From the Russia collusion to obstruction to quid pro quo to extortion to bribery and now to impeachment. This is a grave assault on our system. A grave assault on our system. Now I want to circle back to Vindman. I've been around a long time, long enough, around law enforcement, around intelligence groups. When I was chief of staff to an attorney general, I saw everything. And I saw it up close and personal. And we worked with intelligence organizations. We worked with the NSC, the NSA. Of course, the FBI reported to us. And we worked with all kinds of organizations, all the organizations that you've been reading about and hearing about. I've watched this, this guy, Vinman, very, very carefully. And I've listened to what he has said very, very carefully. Something's not right. Now, I know I will antagonize the hard left that hates the military but loves certain individuals as long as they'll attack the commander-in-chief. You heard what I heard. Schiff and the other Democrats on the committee preventing the Republicans, whether it's the ranking member Nunes or Jim Jordan or others, from asking Vimin to whom he spoke about the phone call. He's admitted to speaking to two people outside outside the White House, outside his chain of command. He names one, and he's told he can't name the other by his own counsel, and by Schiff, and by that committee's counsel, and other members. Because it might reveal the whistleblower. So we have what I talk about, pseudo-issue on top of pseudo-issue. The president says fake news on top of fake news. Now what we really have is lie on top of lie on top of cover-up lie. The Whistleblower Act doesn't apply. This guy's not a whistleblower. He is using and abusing the Whistleblower Act because that's what Schiff, his staff, and his hack lawyers told him to do to cover up the collusion and the working relationship between him and the Democrats. And who were his sources? People who listened in on that phone call had to be his sources. One of the people who listened in on that phone call was Vindman. And Vindman was very hostile about the president, what he heard, and vocally so. Just put yourself in the position of a detective. You're looking around and you're wondering, who might it be? If that guy over there is vocally opposed to what the president said, passionately so. And then you get a confession out of him that he's talked to two individuals outside the chain, including one with a security clearance. You would pursue that, wouldn't you, when you're trying to figure out who it is that filed a hearsay complaint for the purpose of serving the interests of the Democrat Party and impeachment. 
You know exactly where to go with this. And so do the Republicans on the committee. And so do the Democrats. And they're falling all over themselves. All over themselves with their lies. They don't know who the whistleblower is, but Vimin better not say who he spoke to, one guy in an intelligence agency with clearance. Well, when you read the Paul Sperry piece, which is outstanding, he deserves a Pulitzer Prize, of course, and he won't get one. Instead, you got to work at the New York Times, write lies about Russia collusion, and then you'll get the Pulitzer Prize, or better yet, Walter Durandi. Mouthpiece for Stalin. Stalin slaughtering Ukrainians. New York Times didn't care about Ukrainians back then. And he gets a Pulitzer. And so does the Times, and they won't give it back. Anyway. Vinman knows who the whistleblower is. If I'm wrong, Mr. Vinman, come on the program and send your lawyer. The Democrats on the committee must know. Obviously, Schiff knows. Obviously, Schiff knows. And you heard Jim Jordan's brilliant questions. And you just heard Congressman Turner. With a handful of questions in what, a 30, 45 second period? Blew the lid off the whole thing. You have had a conga line of witnesses who are not witnesses. They didn't witness anything. And the legal analysts and the phony journalists, they play along. They love it. Now look at this, see, this tweet. My God, it's witness tampering all day long, stupidity. All day long, stupidity. Dressed up as news. And as I was the first to point out, later others, the hell can it be witness tampering? First of all, it's not under the definition of the elements of witness tampering. But how can it be witness tampering when the witness wasn't even aware of it until the chairman read it to her? And by the way, he didn't read the second sentence which took all the oomph out of the tweet to begin with. It's incredible. We have never, ever, in American history, whether it's, well, we've never experienced what we're experiencing here. No president, no, listen to me, no president has ever experienced this before. None. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Even if you try to be as objective as you can, there are no Democrat standouts on this committee or other, Mr. Producer. If there is, which one is it? No incredible questions that evoke incredible responses that draw anybody's attention to anything. And you know the media would do everything they could to highlight that. There aren't any. But there are multiple cases on the Republican side. John Radcliffe, another great congressman cut five go this time this was all about quid pro quo according to the whistleblower complaint but after witness after witness began saying there was no quid pro quo or even that quid pro quo was not even possible we saw a shift from the democrats they briefly started to refer to the president's conduct on the july 25th call as extortion and now it shifted again last week to bribery. Ms. Williams, um, you used the word unusual to describe the president's uh, call last, uh, on July 25th. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman used the word inappropriate and proper. Now, I've word searched 
each of your transcripts. And the word bribery or bribe doesn't appear anywhere in that. Ms. Williams, you didn't, you've never used the word bribery or bribe to uh, explain President Trump's conduct, correct? No, sir. Colonel Vindman, you haven't either. That is correct. The problem is, in an impeachment inquiry that the Speaker of the House says is all about bribery, where bribery is the impeachable offense, no witness has used the word bribery to describe President Trump's conduct. None of them. This is another grand slam. Even their favorite witnesses, the Democrats' favorite witnesses, not one of them has accused the president of bribery. Not one of them has said he's committed an impeachable offense. Not one of them. Even all the hearsay witnesses, the only people who keep talking about bribery are the Democrats asking the questions. And Nancy Pelosi, who isn't even at the committee hearing. Now, Nancy Pelosi has said that the president of the United States should testify. Of course, the media know based on the separation of powers doctrine, that can't happen. But they never asked Nancy Pelosi to do anything. Well, maybe Nancy Pelosi should testify under oath without Adam Schiff, you know, and his rules about her role on this. What she knew about the whistleblower, what she knew about the complaint before it was filed. Maybe she should release all her phone records so we can see who she's conspiring with. I'll bet they're pretty ugly. And her emails and text messages. But Congress protects itself while pointing fingers at others. Congress is not transparent with the American people. It's supposed to be the people's body. They're busy calling other people obstructors. They don't even apply the Freedom of Information Act to themselves. But this is a great point that Ratcliffe makes. None of these so-called witnesses are not really witnesses to anything. None of them have used the word bribery. And as yesterday, during the questioning, none of them, none of them have said an impeachable offense has been committed. So what gives? What gives here? What the hell's going on? The news, they love their ratings. They love the hits. The website, same thing. Nobody's looking out for the American people on the left or in the media. Same thing. We're not getting to truth here. It's a smear job. I'll be right back. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. I must tell you, I am deeply troubled and saddened by what this president has got, had to go through, and for no damn reason. Look what they're trying to do to his life, his legacy. It's just so appalling. Is your budget getting stretched a little thin as we head into the holiday season? Well, how would you like to find an extra $1,000 in that budget? It's possible. One way to find that money is by refinancing your mortgage. You see, 
Mortgage rates are really low right now, and when you make the 10-minute call to American Financing, you can take advantage of a free mortgage review. There's no pressure or anything like that. Just a get-to-know-you conversation, and it is a conversation. You just let them know your financial goals and a salary-based mortgage consultant. They're not going to put the bums rush on you. They'll explain options that can save you money without restarting your loan term. They're going to get paid their salary, whether you're in or out. Now, maybe it's consolidating high interest debt or taking out cash to pay off some bills. Maybe it's locking into a more competitive rate or shortening your loan term. No matter your need, they'll do what it takes to help you save up to $1,000 a month. It's a lot of bucks. So make the 10-minute call right now. Rates won't stay this low forever. That I can assure you. Here's the number. 888-900-1828. That's 888-900-1828. Or go online to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The guy at the end there sounds like a lip. Anyway, Mr. Vindman. Mr. Vindman. Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. He's questioned by his own counsel, the Democrat counsel, Daniel Goldman. Now, Daniel Goldman used to be a legal analyst over there in MSLSD, right, Mr. Producer? And it looks like he swapped spit. I mean, he swapped places with Andrew Weissman. Weissman, who's now a legal analyst over there at MSNBC, who used to work for Mueller. So over at MSNBC, they're into former liberal Democrat prosecutors who chase the president as legal analysts. Now over at the constipated news network, CNN, they have guys like McCabe. He's not a legal analyst. I believe he's just a political analyst, Mr. Producer. Who else do they have? John Dean. John Dean, who lost his law license, served a little time in jail. What would make for a better political analyst than than somebody like John Dean who served in prison? So I hear. So Daniel Goldman, legal analyst for MSLSD and also lawyer for... Adam Schiffless. Let's listen to his questioning to Vindman. Cut six, go. I want to go to the White House readout from the April 21st call. And at the, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you see the highlighted portion where it says root out corruption? Yes. So in, in the end, this readout was false. Is that right? That's, that's, maybe that's a bit of a, uh, it's not entirely accurate, but uh, I'm not sure if I would describe it as false. It was consistent with U.S. policy, and these items are used as messaging tools also. So a statement that goes out, in addition to you know, category, um, um, reading out the meeting itself, is also a messaging platform to indicate what is important with regards to U.S. policy. Hmm. Doesn't that sound like he's kind of making up the... Uh... Aspects of the phone call, Mr. Producer? Hey, look, you know, uh, we uh, not totally false, you know. Uh, little schputz here and there. More of uh, MSLSD legal analysts. Now Adam Schiff, legal analyst. Daniel Goldman. 
And Mr. Vindman, cut seven, go. You said in your deposition that it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see the political benefits of the president's demands. Uh, for those of us who are not rocket scientists, can you explain what you meant hey, by that? Hey, uh, Dan, Dan, legal analyst, MSLSD here. Uh, let me ask you a question, Dan. Uh, you say here in your preposterous question, Dan, that the, uh, the political benefits of the president's demands. Which demands? Well, that they investigate Biden. It's not what he said. You might want to look into Biden. So you're not allowed to look into Biden, ladies and gentlemen. Why? Because he's corrupt. That's why. You're not allowed to look into the whistleblower. Why? Because he's not a whistleblower. And his politics are corrupt. That's why it will expose Schiff and his staff. You're not allowed to ask Vinman about the individual with an intelligence clearance who he shared the phone call with. Why? You know why? Because it'll blow him out, both of them out of the water. Mr. Vinman needs to be investigated. It needs, determination needs to be made with whom he shared this call or any other calls, as a matter of fact. We have testimony from Tim Morrison under oath today that one of the reasons he was concerned about Vinman was he talked. Okay. Now, this testimony is under oath. It's public. If we have a U.S. attorney who's investigating 2016, doesn't he need to talk to Mr. Vinman? Yes, he does. With whom did he speak? Vindman. Whistleblower Act. That's such BS. These guys are trying to get grand jury information and spread it across the, uh, the nation. Meanwhile, can't talk about the whistleblower. No. <laughs> but he's not a whistleblower. Hey, we said he is. Quiet down over there. More. Cut seven, go. So my understanding is that, that it was the connection to investigate into a political opponent uh, was inappropriate and improper. Um, I made that connection as soon as the president brought up um, the Biden investigation. Colonel Vivian, you testified that the president, President Trump's request for a favor from President Zelensky would be considered as a demand uh, to President Zelensky. After this call... Hey, dummy. Uh, MSLSD uh, illegal analyst. The president of Ukraine is a first-hand witness to his own discussion with the president of the United States. He said this never happened. There was no pressure. So why are you asking a lieutenant colonel who listened in on the conversation if he thinks that the Ukrainians feel that it was? When the president of the Ukraine says it was not in any respect. Oh, the indecency of it all. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Go ahead. Do you ever hear from any Ukrainians either in the United States or Ukraine about. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's, this, this is a brilliant question. Do you ever hear from any Ukrainians either in the United States or outside the United States? Go ahead. They felt to do these investigations that President Trump demanded? Not that I can recall. No, no. Did you- All the Ukrainians in the world, not one Ukrainian came up to you in the United States or in the Ukraine and felt pressured by Trump. Not that I can recall. Case closed. It's over. No, 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 no. No, no, no. We've got obstruction of Congress, they tell us. The media and the illegal analysts. Obstruction of Congress. 
intimidating witnesses. You know the hilarity of this, as sickening as it is? Adam Schiff and the Democrats are obstructing their own investigation because they will not allow the Republicans to call witnesses. They will not allow the Republicans to question witnesses. They're covering up their own complicity. And then they go on to talk about obstruction of Congress. You know who's obstructing Congress? This damn committee's obstructing Congress. You know who's abusing power? This damn committee's abusing power. He, the rules say, you shove the rules down the throats of the American people. Go ahead. Any discussions with uh, officials at the embassy here, the Ukrainian embassy here in Washington, D.C.? Yes, I did. Did you discuss at all the, the demand for investigations with them? I did not. Oh. Now what are we going to do? Is there a top Ukrainian official who felt pressured? Not one. Not one. Is there a top Ukrainian official who believed there was bribery? Not one. Is there a top Ukrainian official believe, that believed that they got directions from the president? Either you investigate Biden or whatever. Or we're going to punish you? Not one. Instead, we have our State Department. You know, I, I, I feel they felt and thought that they might feel that they've been pressured. I was appalled by the entire experience. In all my 3,300 years as a civil servant, I've never seen anything like this in my life. It was horrific. It was, I've never seen anything like this. Do you think the phone call was proper? The Ukrainians think it was proper. The president of Ukraine thought it was proper. The president of Ukraine participated. It was the most improper phone call, I, I mean, I, that I've ever listened into. I mean, I've never seen anything like this before. It was it's just preposterous. It, 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 it made the hair on the back of my hands stand up. Actually, the hair on my palms were standing up, Mr. Producer. It was the most off. And Swalwa was over there playing the trumpet in his pants. It was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. We've never seen anything like this. You didn't see anything. Well... But if I had seen it, you know, Taylor told me, and Morrison told Taylor, and, and then uh, Taylor told uh, uh, Kent, and Kent told Yovanovitch, and Yovanovitch told, and they talked to the whistleblower, but we can't pursue the whistleblower. Oh. It's all so clear to me now. I'll be right back. Mark in. This Ratcliffe is really good, too, I'm telling you. So they have Morrison on. Morrison, who was a top dog over there at the NS, uh, NSC under Bolton. But he also has a long, distinguished career, I may say. He's a... Uh, anyway, he, um, so he, again, was in on the phone call and listened. And so Ratcliffe takes elements out of the so-called whistleblower's complaint and allegations that the whistleblower made, even though the whistleblower was not in the phone call, did not listen in on the phone call. And he goes through a number of the things the whistleblower complaints says. And remember, I can't keep saying over and over again, he's not a whistleblower. So, well, you know where I'm coming from, but I'm, uh, we've got to plain and speak in plain English here. And he went down a number of key points. And Morrison disagreed with what the whistleblower put in his complaint. That is a big deal. That is a big deal. You have these Republicans, whether it's Nunes or Jordan 
or Radcliffe or Turner or Elise, what's her name? Stefanik, who we'll get to know very well, all of us. Hitting it out of the park, one pitch after another, after another, and another. And the Democrats relying on images and emotions and connecting dots. They have a lot of problems here. The facts simply don't add up to what they're saying. Their witnesses simply are not witnesses. And to the extent this guy Vimin listens to the phone call, there's a lot of very serious questions that need to be put to this man which Schiff prevented from being asked. You know, there are four purposes of education at Hillsdale College. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. For 175 years, Hillsdale has been committed to these four pillars of its mission. Other colleges, well, most of them have lost their way. They started out with good intentions, but they've ended up as dreck. But many of them, many of them have. Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've known Hillsdale President Dr. Larry Arn for many years. He says learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it's fragile and constantly under threat. So its principles must be studied for all, for all and by all, for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he's the first authority. Hillsdale is a rigorous, true liberal arts curriculum, and all students learn the basics of the U.S. Constitution, whether they major in biology, business, economics, or any of the dozens of other areas of study. All students learn what it means to be good citizens and why it's necessary to fight for freedom. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Please, Go to their website. You'll learn a lot. It is a fantastic website. LevinforHillsdale.com, LevinforHillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Shocking. Shocking. Chris Stewart, Republican Utah. Cut 12, go. To go back to your previous testimony earlier today, uh, much, has, much has been talked about, as we've discussed, between uh, the President Trump and President Belisky and the word favor and this being interpreted as a basis for impeachment. And your interpretation of the word favor, and I'll paraphrase you, and you feel free to correct me, you said, in the military culture, which you and I are both familiar with, when a superior officer asks for a favor of a subordinate, they will interpret that as a demand. Is, is that a fair synopsis of what you previously stated? Uh, Representative, when a superior makes a request, that's an order. Okay. Uh, in short, then, you think your interpretation of a favor as a demand is based on your military experience and the military culture. I think that is correct. I think that is correct. Uh, is President Trump a member of the military? Uh, he is not. Has he ever served in the military? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Is President Zelensky a member of the military? Uh, I the don't believe no. so. I don't know. He's not. Would it be fair, then, to take a person who has never served in the military... Uh, and to take your reevaluation of their words based on your military experience and your military culture and to attach that culture and that meaning of those words to someone who has never served? Representative, I made that judgment. I stick by that judgment. Okay, well, I, I got to tell you, I think it's nonsense. Yeah, why don't you answer the question, Lieutenant Colonel? Go ahead. Military, I could distinguish between a favor 
and an order and a demand, and so could my subordinates. And I think President Zelensky did as well. He never initiated an investigation. In fact, he's been very clear. He said, I never felt any pressure at all. So you interpreted the word favor, but the two people who were speaking to each other did not interpret that as a demand. It was your interpretation. Is that fair? The context of this call, consistent with the July 10th, uh, July 10th meeting with the reporting that was going on, including the president's personal attorney, made it clear that this was not simply a request. Well, that's not true it at all. It's not clear at all. You say it makes it clear. It's not clear at all. And the two individuals who were talking to each other didn't interpret it that way. I mean, this is, this is becoming comically repulsive. I mean, anybody with any, any, any fair-mindedness has got to conclude this is outrageous. So the Democrats are not going to make any progress with anybody but their base and some other fools out there. That's it. This isn't persuading anybody. Maybe Mitt Romney, because Mitt Romney has an axe to grind. Donald Trump became president, and he didn't. He wanted to be Secretary of State, and Donald Trump said no. So Mitt Romney has his own psychological issues going on. Susan Collins is always about Susan Collins, trying to weigh what's best for her in a relatively liberal state of Maine. Lisa Murkowski is a reprobate. She's always been one. Her father was in Congress, and she felt that she, she should be in Congress, too. I'm just being honest. So they all have their little issues over there. But the fact of the matter is American people who are fair, patriotic, believe in Americanism, they watch this sort of stuff, they hear this sort of stuff, it's not making a hell of a lot of sense. And I think what's happening, shockingly for the left, shockingly for the news media, they're making Donald Trump look like an increasingly sympathetic figure. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I have a question. Apart from all this, why aren't the Bidens being investigated? I'm serious. Ooh, God bless me. Why aren't the Bidens being investigated? There's certainly a prima facie case of, how can I put it, bribery, extortion, quid pro quo? It's not enough for the media to declare that there's nothing here. So painful to listen to the network news that we have to listen to, isn't it, Mr. Producer? It had no relationship whatsoever with today's testimony. We're surrounded by Tokyo Roses. What do you mean by that, Mark? Go Google it. We're surrounded by propagandists for the fifth column. We just are. You cannot rely on these news reports. I'll give you an example. Here's a montage of so-called news people 
telling the Democrats what they have to do. Cut 13. Go ahead. Has the case in many ways been made? And if so, what's this all about? The question is whether they have made the case that it hits this extraordinarily high bar that says, you know what? disqualifying him from even being able to seek re-election, right? That, that continues to be the bar they have to hit. This is not a court of law. The rules of evidence don't apply. But one Ooh. thing is similar. You have Democrats who need to um, weave a compelling tale. See, they're advising the Democrats. Now, let's tell you how to do this. Weave a tale. Look, we do this every night. The, they view us as stupid, the American people. You know, we're very stupid. They have to weave a tale. And, uh... Tell a story, you see. Make it compelling, simple for we simpletons. Go ahead. I'm doing. And they have to keep it tight and simple and understandable and compelling, as mentioned. Mm -hmm. We're learning now Mm -hmm. that uh, Speaker Pelosi sent a letter to her colleagues about changing the language Mm -hmm. that they use to describe this. Well, maybe Speaker Pelosi should learn how to actually complete a sentence. Go ahead power. Exactly. Uh, You will hear sharper terms used by the Democratic lawmakers. They know this is about winning the court of public opinion to convince the public that this impeachment inquiry was worth undertaking. Now listen, listen how they talk about Democrats versus how they treat Republicans. You know? These Republicans don't have an ounce, an ounce of integrity left. Not an ounce! Now Democrats, you need to tell a compelling story if you're going to win the people over and knock this guy out. You know what I mean? Go ahead. All right. And then there's the Chuckster, Chuck Todd, with his third grade haircut. Mommy, mommy. Anyway, Chuck, you're losing your hair. It's not so bad. Look, I've I've done it. You can go one of two ways. You can implant cornrows in your head like Schumer and Biden, which obviously uh, is a negative 40 loss of IQ, or like me. You know, a lot of women think bald is beautiful. Me? Who was that guy, 007? Yeah, Sean Connery. I can throw myself in that category, can't I? (laughs) Well, I will. There's some bald guys, you know, they're more like Don Rickles, but, you know, that's a whole other story. Chuck Todd, cut 17, go. This is a reminder of the, literally, the two alternative realities. Why why is this guy particularly annoying, Mr. Mendoza? Is it because it's a, it's the con, it, it, it is a condescending voice from a very stupid person? We don't want to be condescended to by such a nitwit. Is that what it is? Start from the top. Go. This is a reminder of the literally the two alternative realities yes. that I think yes. the country views. Yes, if you yes. spend a lot of time on the president's favorite cable channel, you follow that questioning. Really why, why are you obsessed with it? Like a dog in heat. Why are you a dog in heat, Chuck Todd? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why it is, ladies and gentlemen, because Fox gets big ratings. And they can't stand the fact there's some conservatives on there that get massive ratings, including moi. If they could just shut us up and shut us down, just shut up talk radio and shut us down, then they own the whole field. It's not enough that they have 98% of the media. And by the way, some of the formerly conservative and libertarian and liberty-loving sites have... Uh, have jumped ship. They've, they've gone to the dark side. They know who they are. Go ahead. This is the center of the argument is about the deep state, about the whistleblower, about yes, these yes. things. If you don't follow that, you're probably really confused about the line of questioning because Ooh. it is just 
bizarre at some point. Some you of see, the- you see, you Republicans, you're just bizarre. Pointing out this cabal, these individuals within the government are trying to take out the president of the United States. Have they, have they had a witness, any private citizens, Mr. Producer? All State Department cronies? Uh, people working on the NSC? The evidence is overwhelming. It's just over Chuck's head. He can't handle this. It's, it's, it's too, much, too much for the guy. Plus, he's a liberal Democrat, just like his wife. Now, Chuck's been invited on this program numerous times. He's been told he's been invited on this program. You know, I invited Mark Levin three years ago, and he just uh, suddenly refused to go on the show. If that happened, he might be right. It would have been because of some illness in the family or my own. But now I'm, I'm, I'm telling Chuck to come on my show. On my show. One-on-one, 30 minutes. What is it with these people? They won't do it. Tell you why. They live in their own little cocoons, and they're very comfortable there lecturing us. These Republicans, I don't understand them. They've lost all, all sense of integrity. Is that it, or is there more? Go ahead. Says that they went with it. So it is a reminder, some of this questioning that you're hearing, if you don't spend a lot of time on the president's favorite caper channel, you, you almost have no idea of this narrative that they're trying to weave, which makes it... And there were times that even you could tell the witnesses are confused. I think you're confused. As a matter of fact, I think you're an idiot. I would draw my request for you to come on the program. You're not coming on anyway. But I don't want to lower the IQ of my entire audience listening to this drivel. We miss Tim Russert, Joel Spivak. We miss these people. These were real journalists, smart people. They could put aside partisanship to some extent anyway, not completely. They could put it aside. In part, an attempt to pursue the truth. But this is constant Chuck Todd that something's wrong with the Republicans. And if, if you're watching, you don't understand the Republicans. And Republicans have no integrity. Chuck, why don't you stop lying to the American people and tell them you're a Democrat and a leftist. And not only that, that you cannot separate that from your job. Why don't you be honest with the American people? Because you're incapable of it. You're a lightweight. I'm not, nothing personal with me. I have nothing personal against Chuck Todd. I don't even know the guy. What's he, a short guy? Looks like a short guy. You think he's a short guy, Mr. Producer? Is he a dwarf? And I say that with the, the deepest respect uh, to dwarfs. All right, do we have a good caller or not? Do we, ha- do we have an irregular American? Okay, go right ahead. WABC Richard in New Jersey, the Garden State, where there's very few gardens. Go ahead. Good evening, Mark. I'm a lieutenant colonel in the Army. And God for this you. lieutenant colonel to go in there and say his life story on the, what he dealt with, which, sure, we could all respect, but to then opine his opinion like it matters. He has this thing called a chain of command. Above him is a full bird colonel, followed by multiple generals, and it goes all the way to the civilian side of the State Department. And he refused. Do, do, you, know, do you know his, his immediate report at the White House was this guy, Tim Morrison. And Vindman went around Morrison, complained to the lawyer in the National Security Council's office, never circled back to tell Morrison. Morrison had no idea 
that Vimin thought the way he did or that Vimin had gone to the, to the general counsel's office. Is that what a lieutenant colonel is supposed to do? Absolutely not. It's called skipping the chain of command. And it, it's, it's, it's bad against him, and it's bad against the thought that you can get into the mind of a superior officer that has a far bigger picture, which is the commander-in-chief, for you to think and feel with all your soft, squishy feelings about this, this terrible phone call. It's unimaginable that it would get to this point where he could go up there and go to Mr. Nunez. And by the way, what he did to Congressman Nunez is insane. It made everyone know that he's a joke when he said, please address me as Lieutenant Colonel. He's there for the cameras, isn't he? He's there to, to, to talk, and you know when they pull his strings, he's supposed to dance. But you're right. It, it was like... It was it was almost a stunner when he says to Congressman Nunes, call me Lieutenant Colonel, not Mr. Call me Lieutenant Colonel. It reminds me of, uh, who was that dwarf senator? Of a Barbara Boxer, when a, when, a, when a general was actually testifying and called her ma'am, he said, don't call me ma'am, call me senator. So he's taking a page out of Barbara Boxer's book. Isn't that amazing? Well, thank you for your service, my friend. I should tell you, one of my closest friends is a colonel. He just retired. And he is disgusted by this. He says, I can't even believe it's taking place. All right, you take care of yourself. That was an excellent call. You did a good job, Mr. Producer. We're going to make you the call screener move, Richie Rich, up to the executive producer. They're laughing. Steve, Connecticut. XM Satellite, go! Good evening, Mr. Levin, sir. Yes. Uh, so I have two points, if you'll allow me. The first uh, yes. is yes. kind of some low-hanging fruit, but Mr. Vindman getting his back up about his rank. I did 20 years Navy, and now I work for defense, defense as a contractor. Mr. is an entirely appropriate address for a military officer. Rank and last name, Mr. and last name, or sir, ma'am. Mr. So why do you think he did that? He did that. Uh, I, I can only, you know, to embarrass to, the congressman. My feelings on it, you know, to yes, yes. embrace my inner Vindman, yes. is that he probably doesn't get much respect in the field, and therefore he's demanding it on a public stage. Mm-hmm. And, and with addressing military officers, civilians have no requirement to follow those protocols. Those are military courtesies and traditions, not global courtesies and traditions. So demand to demand a civilian address him by it makes him even more pathetic you don't believe this guy do you not at all sir my uh my second opinion is he very well could be tried and investigated under the ucmj when he shared the contents of that call with someone that was not in the routing the originating classification authority or oca controls the need to know so to give that information without prior clearance to do so is not his decision to make. There are lots of people in my fields. I've worked in and out of SCIF since 17 years. There are lots of people with the similar clearances, the same read-ins as I, mm-hmm. that I cannot share certain information with. Just having the clearance doesn't warrant a need to know. The need to know comes from the OCA, which in this case is the White House. So if the White House didn't share that information with the person on the call, which obviously they didn't because we suspected to be the whistleblower, then he had no right to do it without prior authorization, ultimately from the White House through his chain of command. But, but, he, but he went around his chain of command. 
but he went around his chain of command. He made a phone call and made the decision to share classified information without prior approval. And that's as big of an offense as, as we've accused others of and that we've seen some prosecuted of. I, I am shocked at, at, at how easily the media and these legal analysts let this fly, that this guy went around the chain of command at the White House and that he confessed to being a leaker. Because you're exactly right. If you're not authorized to share this information, then you're a leaker. Exactly what you are. And in the military, there's some very harsh penalties uh, that he should face. It should at least be investigated. The media has gone to great lengths to paint him as a, a hero, which I am not discrediting his service as Purple Heart, the ID incident. No, you're, what you're questioning is what he's doing now. Sir, I want to thank you for your service. Have to take a hard break. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let's have a little bit of our participatory democracy. One thing you will not see under Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff. Commissars both. Donna, Frederick, Maryland, the great WABC. Excuse me. The great WMAL. Go. Yes, I just want to say Americans' eyes and ears are glazing over with this charade that we're all subject to. And the hubris of the left is just remarkable to think that Americans are so gullible and naive to even believe any of it. But the best part about the testimony of Uh these Mm anti-Trumpers is that they've done more to benefit the GOP and the right than Nancy Pelosi, who I believe is panicked right now. Let me tell you something, Donna. These two last witnesses today have been, you can tell these, these guys have integrity. I mean, they've been quite good. They really have, for the most part. This Vindman, to me, is a slick character. And the, uh, and, and the Voinovich, or Yovanovich, or whatever itch. And she, she came off to me as a complete fraud. I believe that, too. Gee, yeah, Mark, you can't say that. No, I said it about Blasey Ford. Another complete fraud. Yes, and sadly, Mark... Meanwhile, all- Stefanovich, they go after her. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, that's fine. Um, you know, I just want to say, sadly, I think after this is done, when we know they're all failing at it, I know they're going to have something else. It's just a question of what it's going to be. I agree with you. But yeah. maybe, it's time to turn, maybe it's time to turn the political aim at them and demand, and demand the investigation of the corrupt Bidens. Apart from all this, how does he get away with it? He wants to be president of the United States. I don't, I, don't, I don't make decisions based on what Anderson Cooper has to say. He's a complete idiot. He's a moron. His highlight of his career is uh, interviewing uh, Stormy Daniels. Oh, you know, there we go again. And I Oy want to Cavalt. say one more thing, Mark. Yes. Um, the American figure had a great piece about this on the 18th. And at the end of it, they cited, the individual cited Trump's October 2016 speech. And I think if we take sound bites from that speech and play it for the... I'm sorry, it's, you mean year, this year, October 26th? I'm trying no, to figure out no, what you're October talking about. October 2016 speech, Trump's 2016 I mean, in 2019, what year? Um, well, when he made the speech... So you're it saying it's in October 2016. What, what day, I guess, is what I'm trying to find out. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I'll have to look into that further. Because well, what happened? Because I'm almost up against a hard break. What happened? Yeah, I'll tell you quickly. Trump throws it all out there with regard to the left. 
He cites them for everything they've done on the global stage, and it's just as true today as it was in 2016. All right, my friend. I got to run. Mike, Brunswick, Maine, the great WGAN. Quickly, my friend. Thank you, Mike, for uh, standing for the Constitution. Thank you. Thank you very much. Listen, uh, I'm an old force reconnaissance Marine, Vietnam. Thank you, sir. Three tours. Wow. I'm no fool. Nope. Let me tell you something right now. I got a lot of bets calling me right now, just screaming and yelling about this. Benman? Yeah. Now, let me tell you something right now. Listen, can you hold on a second? Yeah, sure the hell can. Don't, don't, okay. Oh, man, this is going to be a good one. We'll go with our man, Mike. Tough dude. In a moment. We'll be right back. and proud of it. Call the Mark Levin Show at 877-381-3811. Man, I have vets calling this show who are about as angry as they can be, and these are not... I mean, these are serious men. Serious men who've served in the military for decades. They are furious with this lieutenant colonel. It's amazing how we live in a completely different world from these phony journalists and legal analysts. You better not talk down to this guy. No, you better not. You're not respecting this guy. As he's trying to take out the president of the United States. As he violates. Violates his own rules by going around his superior. Unbelievable. You know, it's, uh, it's enforced compliance season. So if you owe the IRS, you need to take action. Because the IRS can garnish your paycheck, seize your bank account, and put a lien on your home. Don't wait until it's too late. Call Optima Tax Relief while you still have options. They've resolved over a billion dollars in tax debt for folks just like you. Optima steps between you and the IRS, fighting on your behalf to help stop the demand letters and aggressive collection actions so you can get on with your life. No one's more skilled at solving tough IRS problems than Optima Tax Relief. And that's true. Call now. Ask about the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you can save thousands of dollars. You deserve a fresh start. Call Optima now for your free consultation. 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. That's 800-499-6300. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit Optima Tax Relief. Dot com. All right, Mike, we're back to you in Brunswick, Maine. A vet, the great WGAN. Go right ahead, sir. Thank you very much, Mark. Yes, sir. Um, look, up here, uh, a lot of people don't realize, but uh, Maine is the number two state in the country for retired veterans. I didn't know that. <laughs> Neither did I until I was up here working security in, uh, years and years ago. And, uh, yeah, it's true to that fact. Yeah. So... <clears throat> Listen, I got a lot of vets, and uh, basically what we want to say is that no matter what medals they pin our chest, and I got a wild guess says I got more than that fool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to tell you something right now. That does not make us exempt from scrutiny later in our lives. That's a great point. 
You understand what I'm saying? Yes, of course. We all know that. That look, I work for a great organization up here, known as Vets Count. It's called Veterans Count. It's a part of Easter Seals, Maine. Mm-hmm. We help the guys get back on their feet, do what they got to do to get their lives together. But that, if they screw up, that doesn't give them any exemption from scrutiny. This guy is not exempt from scrutiny because of his service. No more than any one of us are. Let me ask you this, Mike. Uh, Schiff cut off Nunes when he was drilling down into who he spoke to about this phone conversation that the president had. I mean, honest to God, don't we want to know if this lieutenant colonel sitting on the National Security Council listened in on the president's conversation, then handed it to somebody who shouldn't have handed it to? Isn't that crucially important to know? I would. You know, Mark, I'm a guy that's held a lot of clearances in my time. And I'll tell you something right now. This scares the hell out of me, what's going on down there. You know, I'm an old guy. I'm 70-some-odd years old. But it scares the hell out of me what's going on down there between the Russian collusion, the what they did. I, I'm telling you, Mark, I'm stunned on this. I'm stunned. Mm-hmm. I'm and with you. you stunned me, that's goddamn scary. Okay. Mike, thanks for your call. Take care. No, I'm not bleeping that. He may not agree with it, but this guy's earned the right to say, uh, speak as he speaks. And it sure as hell is the first time I've heard that. Oh, Mr. Producer, bleep. Because Mr. Producer is a snowflake. He's trying to protect me. Nonetheless. All right, let's continue. Kevin, San Antonio, Texas. Let's see. The great Sirius Satellite. Go. God bless you, Mark. It's first-time caller, long-time listener. Thank you, uh, sir. Thank you for what you do. Uh, retired veteran, and as all the other veterans that have uh, called in, I'm in total agreement with them. Uh, first, I'd like to make my first comment is uh, Uniform Code of Military Justice, Article 92 and Article 89, uh, which talks about uh, disobeying a lawful order and insubordination. FM 22100 talks about military customs and courtesies. As the previous caller stated, it's sir, mister, or ma'am. And the civilians are not obligated to address us as such because they're not in our, in our, in our military. And because a lot of civilians don't even know. They don't know what you're wearing and so forth. Right. Now, the other thing is what the other caller stated was the chain of command. There is, he may have, being in the Pentagon and where he's located, there's probably two chain of command. There's a military and then there's civilian. Now, according to his immediate chain of command, Mr. Morrison, he sits as an ambassador and he reports directly to him. For him to circumvent that, uh, and I don't want to take up too much of your time, but the second general order is I will obey my special orders and perform all my duties in a military matter. So for him to circumvent that and to uh, formulate his opinions and feelings, and, and that's all I've been hearing as I've been following this stuff, Mark, is just feelings and innuendos. But could, and, and like you said, uh, Senator Ratcliffe nailed it out of the park. What is the crime? Tell me the crime that the president has violated. None. I read the transcript. I didn't see anything. And for him 
to circumvent that. And he 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 was bloviating about his on his OER when he was reading it when he was testifying. Okay, but it is not for you to circumvent or give your opinion above your superior. And what about his irregular channels? They don't have a problem with that, do they? And no, they don't. And, and, and I don't understand. we got a 33-year vet, a three-star general who's a criminal, a liar, and they just lambast him. But, oh, this guy right here, oh, he's the best. He's, he fits our narrative, and he's, he's one of the greatest military officers. Oh, historian. They get all teary-eyed and choked up. I'm looking at him like the other previous caller said. No one is above scrutiny. And I'm going to close with this. The Democrats are going to regret when they made this statement, no one is above the law. The four horsemen are coming, Durham, Barr, Horowitz, and Hubert. When that stuff comes out, I want to see how the media media tries to spin this, this farce, this lie, and all the millions of dollars that they have wasted, and especially that pencil neck guy that's leaving this thing. Kevin, beautifully put in every respect. Thank you for your service, my friend. And if you see the great Pastor Hagee down there, tell him Mark Levin says hello. You, t- you know what, don't... Nah. You take care of yourself, Kevin. God bless you, man. Man, oh man, we're getting wonderful people calling here. Wonderful. I'm going right to Marcus, Willoughby, Ohio. Marcus, how are you, sir? Marcus is up. Go right ahead. Put him up. Marcus. Yes, how are you? Yes, sir. Willoughby, Ohio, my friend. I'm a disabled vet. Thank I was you. enlisted first, and I became a commissioned officer. I watched that display of that lieutenant colonel. Somebody should have had the integrity to ask him one question. Would you have tolerated anybody under your chain of command, any of your soldiers enlisted or as an officer underneath you, do the stupidity of going outside of your chain of command like you did, claiming that you were a non-political entity that created such a disruption to Mm -hmm. put his entire mess into the world of politics. There is your mole. That Mm -hmm. lieutenant colonel needs to be court-martialed. He needs to be be reduced rank down to captain, given a dishonorable discharge, and I would personally open up a cell block at Fort Leavenworth and kick his behind in that cage. Now, what do you, what, it, I'm, I'm just for the rest of us, what is it that makes you so upset about this guy? Because you have a chain of command. The chain of command. And, and if you break the chain of command, what happens? Follow, but he didn't. He said one part, well, he tried, but then he was too busy. Well, that doesn't work. If I would have done that either on the enlisted rank or the commissioned rank and would have pulled that stunt, my chain of command would have taken rank of me, and I would have been standing in front of potentially a court-martial. Look at the pain that this person, there's your mole. This person is no doubt based upon what I saw. You think this guy was feeding the so-called whistleblower? To a whistleblower, Mm -hmm. there he is. There's your mole. Well, you know, this guy, uh, he didn't allow the question to go forward. That is Schiff. His own counsel was was saying no. The uh, the clapping seals on the Democrat side were jumping up and down saying, no, 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 you can't answer. So uh, he has allowed this cloud 
to hang over his head, right? Mr. Levin, I am just embarrassed as a commissioned officer of the United States military. I am saddened. I I am embarrassed. On on behalf of good soldiers who stay nonpolitical and do their job, Mm -hmm. I am embarrassed. And that individual does not represent the United States Army that I left. Well, I want to thank you for your call. You're among several great patriots who've called here and put their lives on the line. I want to thank you all. We'll be right back. Mark All right. No brag, just fact. I'm a renaissance broadcaster, Miss Producer. I can't help it. I have other interests, too, you know. Where's that song? Is it dead yet? Ah, oh, 15 more seconds. That's all. It's either this or Adam Schiff, for God's sakes. All right, all right. I'll do it on my own time. All right, I got it. You know, socialism, by another name, is still socialism. You know, Bernie Sanders, by another name, is still an idiot. Like Bernie Sanders calling his massive health care plan Medicare for all when it's not Medicare at all and doesn't work like Medicare at all. And here's Senator Chuck Grassley trying to do the same by calling his socialist price controls by another name. Something about this Grassley. Last week I told you how the Grassley-Wyden drug pricing bill ran into opposition among free market Senate Republicans who are very compassionate people free market Republicans. They're objecting to the socialist price controls in the bill called inflationary caps that would allow the government to set prices on drugs. But instead of removing price controls from the bill, Chuck Grassley wants instead to file an update to the bill, simply changing inflationary caps to subsidy caps. What is with these damn Republicans? What is with them? The hell's wrong with them? I remember when they all were, you know, they would say things like, you know, I'm not a hawk and I'm not a socialist conservative, but I am a fiscal conservative. No, they're not. Have they sent the president anything that's fiscally rational? Now they join in in destroying our health care system. No longer do they talk about getting rid of Obamacare. I'm telling you, the center is constantly moving to the left. The Republican Party is constantly moving to the left. Meanwhile, these never-Trumpers are trying to destroy the president. It's crazy-ass stuff. May I say? But giving price controls a new name, Senator Grassley, does not change the fact that your bill still threatens access to prescription drugs seniors count on. I'm happy to debate Senator Grassley if he'd like to come on the program. And it will still destroy the investments needed to fund the research for the next generation of drug treatments. Senator Grassley's used to subsidies, ladies and gentlemen. Why do you think we have ethanol? You know, ethanol was created because of the Arabs and OPEC and all the rest, trying to figure out an alternative. Well, now we have fracking. We don't need... Oh, no, no, we're going to double it and triple it. Oh, okay. There goes my engine. Don't call me about this, please. Now, Grassley can try to put lipstick on this pig, but it's still a pig. Gee, where have we heard that before? Get the facts, folks. Go to TrueHealthCareFacts.com, TrueHealthCareFacts.com. That's TrueHealthCareFacts.com. Let us go to Karen 
Aspen, Wyoming. XM Satellite, go. Hi, Mark. Two quick points. One, my father and my stepfather are both folk bird colonels in the in the Army. Beautiful. And I want to tell you that this uh, faux pas today in the hearings was just crazy. Earlier in the hearings, one of one of the questioners addressed Good Bindman as colonel, and he didn't stop to correct that that questioner. And your uh, point is, he acts like he's a full colonel, and he's not. Yeah, it's fine to keep a full bird uh, rank when you're not, but it's exactly. not okay to. It, that's one point one. Point two, I'm very close friends with an investigator in a police department, and uh, and he's talked to me at great length about I quadrants in these hearings. And, and I'm talking all the way back to Hillary, Hillary's um, under oath testimonies, um, Comey. Just watch the eyes and the eye quadrants. Everybody has a different quadrant. It's subconscious. They can't train that in a witness. Very telling when you How watch. do you explain Nancy Pelosi's eyes? She really blinks. <laughs> well, Shifty Shift and Nancy Pelosi, they have their own eye quadrants. You know what? You're right. Their eyes are the same. Isn't it crazy? So if you watch with You know what? You're the eye lady. I am anointing you the eye lady. Go ahead. Okay. Well, you have a good night, and thank you so much for Life, Liberty, and Levin. Great job. Listen, great call. My best to your father and stepfather, and thank you very much. Aspen, Wyoming, is that where we can escape to? There's got to be a place we can go. I got to find one somewhere. It used to be Loudoun County. That's a real uh, rat hole right now. So they take over the board for the first time in God knows what in my county. There's now six out of nine of the supervisors are Democrats. The next morning, did I mention this already, Mr. Producer? The next morning they have a press conference. Very cocky. They want to abolish the sheriff's office and appoint their own police chief. You see, the, the sheriff ran as a Republican. Although he's not a Republican per se, he's law enforcement, and he is terrific. No sanctuary city, none of that stuff. And he got like 55% of the vote, which is significant. So they want to abolish him. They want to make us a sanctuary county. Okay, I I, got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. These sick uh, people. Susan, quickly, Greenville, South Carolina, the great WGTK. Thank you. Go. Mark. Thank you so much for everything you do. And I want to say, I thought from the very beginning, and I could be totally wrong, that Mark, I mean, Adam Schiff is actually the whistleblower because he... Let me let me say this to you, my friend. We're out of time. I thank you. I apologize. Uh, I, I don't think he... I think he is definitely a conspirator with the whistleblower. Thank you, all you heroes. I'll see you tomorrow. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.